Welcome to episode 21 of season two, everybody. Today, Maria is incredibly sick. So if you are listening to this, send her some healing energy. Our queen has fallen. (laughs) And so today I am joined by Olivia and Nike to fill in for her. Thank you both very much for being here. Appreciate it. If you guys want to introduce yourselves some. Of course. Um, Hi, I'm Olivia. You might also know me as the Witch of Wonderlust. I'm on YouTube and on Instagram, but if not, just hi. (laughs) And I'm Nike, basically everywhere as Warrior Witch Nike, but more importantly, I'm Robin and Olivia's wife. True. Yes. Very true. (laughs) Thank you both very much for being here and filling in. We appreciate it. I know Maria does. So if you just joined us this week, every week we talk about upcoming lunar phases and essentially how we can utilize that in our practice. And because Nike is here and Nike is an astrologer, I figured because she they're subbing in that they can fill in the lunar phase for us. So would you do us the honors, please, Nike? Yes, of course. Uh, So we have the upcoming solar eclipse, which is going to be in Sagittarius with the south node, and it's going to be very, very close to Mercury as well. Eclipses generally are times of great endings and great beginnings, and great as in the the large sense. So (laughs) with this one, it's going to be the great beginnings as the last one was great endings. So if you're looking to initiate big projects, this would be the time to sort of get those plans in order. Um, They also set the tone for the next six months. So if it's for longer term projects, even better. And being that it's in a mutable fire sign, if you're looking to change up plans to to less of enacting in the cardinal sense, but more of really get the motion going, gathering all the different fun parts, uh, being able to stay a little bit loose with it, that's going to be the best for it. I don't usually say to go with the exact time, especially because it's often quite late. But if you're looking for the exact time, it'll happen at 2.43 a.m., Eastern Standard Time, so if you're along the eastern coast of the United States, that's that time. And that'll be Friday night into Saturday morning. So Friday evening would be the time to really start those preparations if you want to stay up until nearly 3 a.m. for it. Maybe some people out there will have the the energy to do that, but I know my ass is going to be asleep. So... So because Maria is not here this week, I am taking over for the tarot card of the week. Um, Hopefully we've never done this one before. I tried to check and I feel like it was never done before and I thought it was an appropriate card to go with the eclipse. So this week we are talking about death. Um, Death is a card where we see a Grim Reaper-like figure in a suit of armor riding a white horse um, carrying a little flag. (laughs) I guess it's kind of a flag. Um, And this is a major card of rebirth and sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Endings and beginnings. It's a massive card of critical change. When we see tarot or tarot, when we see the death card come up in tarot, we are essentially seeing a situation where uh, it's very similarly aligned to a 
the idea of a phoenix. You know, one chapter closes and it opens up another chapter's ability to have total rebirth and make itself something entirely new. Uh, when we see the death card in the traditional writer Wade Smith imagery, we often see children and adults around the Grim Reaper character. And that representation shows us the fact that death kind of is unavoidable for everyone. And that sort of radical change, that radical rebirth is something that we're all susceptible to and able to grow from. When we see this kind of card come up in most readings, it is a really good time, in my opinion, to look at the cards around it and see what exactly in our life we need to focus on for this sort of radical change and radical rebirth. Um, it, in incredibly rare situations, it can mean literal death. But when I'm talking incredibly rare, I'm talking about the fact that in my decade plus of reading tarot professionally, I've seen that happen once. <laughs> so by incredibly rare, I mean like crazy incredibly rare. <laughs> um, so realistically, when we see this card in a reading, look for transformations, look for transitions, look for situations in your life where you're going to make lemonade out of lemons and allow yourself the potential to grow and be reborn, as it were. What about you guys, Nike? How do you see this card? I've always seen death in contrast to the tower card. Death, mm -hmm. I mean, you've already covered it. Death is natural. It comes for us all. And so with that theme, it's the natural change that you go through. So in my experience with my own readings, I've seen it more of like, this is a transition that's necessary to happen and death can be painful, but it's usually not going to be something that is insurmountable compared to the tower, which is so sudden and extreme and it's chaos and there's the lightning and the fire mm -hmm. and they're falling, you know, so death is much more of an easy way to, to go through those yeah. transitions. And I've always felt like it's just seen as scary because people are so afraid of the word death. But mm -hmm. if you think about it, you know, there's things that are living through death. Fungus is absolutely a, a life from death kind of situation. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Olivia? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of what Nike building off of what they said, the tower is is really abrupt, whereas death is, it's still an abrupt change, but, or I guess that's not an abrupt change. It's still a change, but it's a decomposing change, you know, that takes mm -hmm. a lot of time and a lot of different mechanics and gears turning in order for it to happen. And I think, uh, I like when the death card comes up because that tells me that I'm kind of leveling up. And while that doesn't mean that it's going to be fun or I'm going to enjoy it, it means that I'm leveling up. And I think a lot of people, when they see that card, like you said, it upsets them because they see literal death or they just feel like it's this bad thing, this negative thing, when in reality, death is just change. It's just cycles. And mm -hmm. it's a lot of also letting go of control because it's just something that you can't control. Death is not something that anybody can ex escape. Mm -hmm. It's inevitable, you know, and yeah. just allowing in the card, the Grim Reaper to kind of just take over and do its job. I think that's a lesson within itself as well. Yeah, absolutely. I like both of your takes. I never thought about that with the tower card too, Nike. That's a really interesting take. I totally agree with you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very smart. Everybody should know it. You're both very smart. <laughs> very smart. Very pretty. 
So, because we have new voices this week, um, and because Maria is not here, we decided to talk about something that the three of us have recently been, I don't want to say dealing with, um, but we have been discussing recently. And with that, we would like to talk this week about kind of the student-teacher dynamic within the occult community, what people owe you, and general parasocial relationships, and what is and what isn't appropriate um, within within that sphere. <laughs> uh, so that being said, how would you guys generally define, I guess you could say, uh, parasocial re- relationships kind of to you? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I would define it as the audience or the viewer of said creator having that fake relationship or friendship with that creator, despite mm-hmm. the fact that the creator may not know that this person exists or this, this person is just some internet stranger to them. And mm-hmm. I have those relationships with a lot of my favorite creators, but I think there is that boundary of how far you go with it of how far you decide to treat this creator like your friend, because sometimes that's very inappropriate to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very similarly. I, I describe it as a one-sided assumed familiarity mm-hmm. where they've consumed your content or, or whatever it is that you appear in. Cause this happens to celebrities too, but they they've consumed the public persona that you've put out there and assume that because they've seen so much of what they think is the real you and, you know, parts of your personality come through there, there's this assumption that they know who you are deep down and they've seen enough of you to know what kind of relationship you would assumedly have in real life. And then they act with that familiarity that you do not have with them in return. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think too, um, just to kind of, add a little bit to what you both said because I really think what both both of you said really nailed it <laughs> is also taking it a step further in some cases where that person or persons who have this assumed familiarity with you also feel as though you are directly speaking to them in everything you do so it, it, it no it, the barrier of it being a general let's say informational post they feel as though they you are directly speaking to them, even though the content creator in question might not even know who they are. Um, does that make sense? Like it's like a it, 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 it almost kind of takes away the community aspect of it. And in some cases, I I've noticed people feel like it's a one on one conversation. And I feel like that creates yeah. a lot of things being missed in translation lost in translation (laughs) yeah a lot of the uh not everything on the internet is for you sometimes there's just statements and not everything's going to apply to your life and i feel like maybe they forget that because they're the ones consuming it so they just assume that because they're consuming it or it's on their for you page that it is for them and it's Mm -hmm. not yeah i think a big piece too is it's tough as a creator because you do want to make a relationship with your audience, right? You do Mm -hmm. want to connect with your audience and want them to feel familiar with you and enjoy your content as if it were somebody that they cared about. 
so mm-hmm. it is kind of this catch 22 of, you know, I do care about my audience and I do want them to feel like they're chatting with a friend when I, when I post videos, um, like an over tea video, for example, or having a conversation, but it's, it's taking it to the point of maybe having those unsolicited opinions on something that that creator is doing as if you were a friend giving advice to another friend when you're really just an internet stranger having an opinion on something that they didn't ask your opinion on type Mm -hmm. of thing or approaching them in real life and kind of trying to forcibly fit yourself as a friend of them like already as if you were not a stranger yeah and I think I think the first part of what you said there is really important that you know we as creators really do want to have that bond with our audience I know like I I'm really sad I've had to turn my DMs off because of the scammers because I do like engaging with people like I like talking with my followers maybe not on a super friendship level you know what I mean but like a lot of them have really good things to say and I I want to hear that <laughs> um I th- I think it's interesting it brings up you know cool conversations cool perspectives and that's kind of in my opinion how we grow as individuals is by hearing other people's perspectives um and so it it is that fine line isn't it of I don't know, uh, engaging with your audience while simultaneously not sharing so much that people feel like they own you, I guess you could say. (laughs) It's difficult, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, it's a very, very fine line to walk. Um, I guess then my next question would be, as creators yourselves how do you guys feel or what do you guys feel the creator owes the audience um kind of in that general sense like what do we owe people because i i do feel like we owe people something right we we are creating for a purpose for a reason so what does that look like in your perspectives I think we owe people good content. <laughs> I, yeah, for the most part, I mean, I definitely have places where I shit post, but I'm open about that. I, I you know, mm-hmm. my TikTok is shit posting and nothing else, and I, it's in the bio, you know. But I think we owe people good content, something that they can take away, something whether that is comedy or just I, I love watching those study with me for like four hours, you know, and, but it's the thing is like, you know, that, that I can take something away from despite the simple concept of it. Whereas if you're just posting things to post things just to kind of fill up your weekly video or something like that, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't really like that. Um, and depending on what your content is, I think you owe your audience that of like mm-hmm. what, you know, what you promise them of, you know, I talk about witchcraft or travel or just kind of like enjoying life. And I, I try to implement that in every video, if not everything that I post. And I think mm-hmm. that I owe that to my audience because if I just like took a left turn and started talking about cars, you know, they'd probably be like, wait, what? Like, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> I just think that you owe that to the audience of just having some sort of communication of like what you're doing and what you want to give them. Mm-hmm. 
What about you, Nike? I, I, I personally feel that we owe honesty, but I want to explain what I mean by that. Um, I don't mean honesty in like we should be giving everybody every part of our practice and be fully open about, you know, I, I mean honesty in the sense of if we don't know something, we should be open about that. We should be open about where we have failed in the past or where we've gotten information wrong. And we should be honest about what we do know and what we're passionate about. I don't know so much about ceremonial stuff and I'm very open about that. And I'm not going to pretend like I know everything just because Georgina's given me some cliff notes on Thelema. I'm <laughs> certainly no Thelemite and I'm not going to try to act like I am. And if there's other stuff I don't know very much about, or even if it's in a subject that I know a fair amount about, like astrology, if there's a subjection I don't really know anything about, like I don't know much about the nakshatras in uh, Vedic astrology, I'm not going to pretend like I do. And I I think (laughs) that's okay. Any astrology people might know what that term means. I I don't actually know what it means. I just know it's an astrological term. So I'm open about not knowing that. And I think it does our audience a disservice to try to act like we are more knowledgeable than we truly are because we end up failing them. And we we usually end up giving them wrong information if we're just pretending to know about it. And that sets people on... Uh, a wrong path and can set them up for failure later. And if you're trying to help people, which I think is what we all try to do, then we need to help them by being honest about where we are strongest and when we're not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's um, actually something a lot of creators and just people in general kind of pitfall into is being too prideful to admit that they don't know something. Uh, it's okay to not know everything. We're not walking computers. Like, <laughs> um, for me personally, like I completely agree with both of you. Um, but I also think as creators, we owe people kindness. And by kindness, I don't mean being a doormat to our followers and allowing them to be unkind to us or similar. But I mean, being like kind with people in that you know, maybe they genuinely need help with something. And we, the creator, have seen that, right? Now, obviously, there's there's going to be a bajillion instances where somebody comments and you don't see it, let's say, and then so therefore you don't respond to them. And it's not ignoring, you just didn't see it. Like, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that usually I post something on the internet and I don't look at the comments again. <laughs> uh, yep. They give me anxiety <laughs> most times. Yep. <laughs> um, but if you do see it, I think non-answer is unkind. Um, I also think that non-answer is um, is an answer and not a very good one, if that makes sense. We will have these, like, you know, when you take Witch Talk, for example, I think it's a really, really good place to use as an example, not to shit on Witch Talk, but when people will ask questions in the comments and then that creator will take time to say, do your research. I'm not Google. So you've taken the time out of your day to not only see the comment, but respond to the comment and do so meanly. (laughs) Like what, what was the purpose there? <laughs> um, and so right. I, I feel as though we owe them kindness and kindness does look like not going out of your way to be an asshole to somebody. And yes. in saying that other people ripping you to shreds in, in a creator's comments is not the creator being unkind to you. 
Like sometimes our actions have consequences and people will call you out on that. But that is not the creator's job or responsibility to make sure people don't bully you when you said something horrible or rude or similar Mm -hmm. in their comment section. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely have to fight the urge because, you know, as as creators, you get kind of annoyed because the person asking the question is only asking you that one time. But you as the creator have probably been asked 15 million. mm -hmm. So I've tried to combat this in myself by... One, reminding myself that they're they're probably very new. They're often younger on the younger side, um, innocent. They're looking for guidance. They're just trying to get into it. And if it is something that truly annoys me, I'll leave it until I, if I want to come back, I'll leave it for a while and come back to it later. Or I try to tell myself if they're getting something wrong or, or if it's misinformation or whatever, try to give the proper information, but in a positive way. So if they... I wouldn't even know if they got an herb wrong, whatever. I might come in and be like, hey, that information is wrong. Just so you know, maybe the information is even harmful. Uh, And then I would follow it up by, but one of my favorite sources for this is, or one of my favorite ways Mm -hmm. to learn about this stuff is like, I I try to give like a fun, I enjoy doing this way. This is where you can learn more. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, just as something to turn the conversation because no one likes to be told you are wrong. And if you ended it, you are wrong. It can be very harsh. And so Mm -hmm. if I choose to engage, I try to make sure to also add in something else that is beyond just you're wrong and therefore dumb and stupid, because that's not what I want people to think. Everybody's a novice at some point and deserves some amount of guidance. And if you don't feel like you want to give it that day, then it's better to just say nothing. And often people in the comments will fill in for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Patience. We owe them patience. I also feel like going off what you're saying, Nike, um, a lot of people kind of fall into this pattern i know that people have been saying stuff online it's been it's becoming internet discourse <laughs> that people maybe have historically fibbed about you know how long they've been practicing or similar because they don't want to appear to be a novice and i think a lot of that stems from exactly the example you just gave of you know people giving really harsh and unkind answers to people that are just trying to ask genuine questions as though we didn't all start somewhere and i think that if you know people in general in general chose to educate instead of belittle we probably have a lot less people pretending as though they have been practicing for a lot longer than they have um because that then becomes you know misinformation and misrepresentation um, we probably wouldn't have situations where people say shit like the moon wobbles on um, a full moon <laughs> if they didn't feel the need <laughs> to lie about their practice in the first place. Um, not to say that that particular example is that that person was lying, but you get my point. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, OK, so going off all of this, then. In an ideal world, perfect, absolutely perfect world, what would your ideal student-teacher parasocial relationship look like, given that you are a content creator? Ooh, that's a, a hard perfect that's a big, world. Right? Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. I, I don't even know like what that would look like. I guess, Nike, if you have something that you want to say. I do. Okay, then please, please go. <laughs> so my, my perfect world parasocial interaction type thing is actually something that I get to engage in currently, which is engaging in a community space. So it's not a one-on-one, I, Nike, am talking to you, stranger on the internet. 
in Discord servers is the big one, but it can be like common sections in just larger spaces, you know, anywhere outside of DMs, basically, where if the person is asking a question, maybe I don't know the answer, maybe I'm too tired to deal with it, whatever, like maybe I don't have the energy to engage in something right now, especially my my Discord servers that I'm in, somebody asks a question and the whole community can jump in and it's from yeah. people of all sorts of different practices and all these different opinions and they can all share sources and maybe they have information that I don't have and I can jump in with my opinion too, but it doesn't become like, I am the only source that you need. I'm the only one that you're talking to. I, I can see other people in there that are engaging with you and sharing their experiences and the community grows together rather than just having this singular one-on-one you and me interaction because I don't take students. I have no reason to. I don't really want to at this point at this time in my life. So I I would much rather be able to engage in a group setting, almost like the the feeling of a book club sort of thing. There's no leader, it's just everyone talks and that's that's my favorite way to really have that engagement together. Yes. I really so, love that. Oh, oh my god, yes. That has been something that I've always always tried to instill in my audience of like I don't want a pedestal. Please don't do that to me. <laughs> you know, and like I don't want it to be a one-on-one thing, kind of how Nike was saying. I would so much rather be in a community where it's a big circle rather than one person making a TED Talk and everybody else listening. And I just think that it's, it's so much more valuable that way because I'm constantly learning from my audience as well. They're going to give me and have and still do give me ideas or tips or things of that of that realm that have helped me so much whereas I'm like oh I'm struggling with this thing or I'm not sure what to do with x y and z and somebody will come along and be like you know I've only been practicing for a month or two or even you know that or a few years and here is what I do with that problem or that um, specific situation and it's something that I never would have thought of and is awesome so it's like I, I really love the idea that it's kind of like a community thing and that everybody's learning from everybody. There is no like teacher student really. Mm -hmm. Um, Further, I like that I, a lot of people will fill in with their strengths where other people are not as strong in those suits. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really cool as well. And then respectful. I mean, in a perfect world, I meet a lot of my audience. They come to my pole dance classes. I actually met one today. They were wonderful. Um, but a lot of them are very kind. They're very respectful and they're not like over overbearing or creepy or anything like that. Like they're all for the most part, very sweet. And in a perfect world, all of them would be like that. But you know, there's always that 1%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that the biggest thing that as a community that we can take from is that creators, regardless of who they are, they're still just people. They're not gods. You know, your favorite author, your favorite YouTuber, your favorite whoever, right, is still a person at the end of the day. And persons always have room to grow. They always have room to be more educated, to be better, etc. And we as a community, I think, need to remember that and remember that, you know, no one creator is perfect. And we need to give them the space to 
to admit that and to grow from it. And that and it's okay. It's okay to not be perfect. And it's okay to have growing room. I mean, for fuck's sake, uh, we all know that I can't spell or read, but I wrote a whole book. (laughs) 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 And I think but I think that having that really honest conversation of do not come to my Twitter and expect there to be any grammar um, <laughs> is is a part of the the reality right and I, I this is part of the things that I think that as a community we all can grow from and learn from and I think that even if you do take on a mentorship like let's say you joined Maria and my patreon right where we have these one-on-one sessions we're still not gods we're still not going to know everything all the time we're going to give you our best with our strengths and simultaneously hopefully point you in the right direction if we don't know something um and that's okay uh i think that it's okay to not know everything and that we as a whole community need to remember that and also remember that even if your favorite creator engages with you that doesn't necessarily mean every post is written specifically for you. <laughs> and that's okay. okay. And you're not talking to me directly or, in every post you make? They're not all for me, Robin? Well, they are for you, specifically. <laughs> for you, specifically, they are. Actually. Yeah. For me. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I just think that's an important lesson. You know, I, I, I know, at least in my experience, I will post things and sometimes... It does happen rarely, um, but on a rare occasion, people will comment thinking that I'm talking to them specifically. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, no offense, but I did not write this about you, friendo. Um, this and- <laughs> is something that being a creator, you learn very quickly is nothing is personal. Even nothing. if somebody is trying to make it personal about you, nothing is personal. Yeah, it's just the internet at the end of the day, isn't it? It really and- is. It's just the internet. Just unplug and go touch some grass. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I will oh, not, actually. Right. Well, then cool. that's your own choice. <laughs> you don't have to listen to me. I support you, queen. I actually, I will not, queen. I actually refuse to touch grass, and you asking me to do so is very aggressive, and you need to stop screaming at me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so olivia what's stirring your cauldron this week (laughs) you warned me and i wasn't ready for it I, I just I feel weird because I'm asexual, so that's like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> how do I? Uh, I have that effect on people. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, I'm like I, I've never felt this before. I don't. Know. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow. Okay. Off guard. Anyway, I will tell you what is stirring my cauldron this week. It's. One is a sleepy tea that I've been working on that so far is working out to be pretty good. Well, not, it doesn't, it tastes fine, but it's like working well of really knocking you out. Mm -hmm. And, um, that is valerian root. I have lavender in there. Shocking, but I'll still (laughs) drink it. (laughs) Um, chamomile and some catnip are all mixed in there. Super good. And it'll knock you the hell out 
at least as far as I have gone. What what's the word that I'm looking for? That I've, <laughs> Jesus, um, that I have found, and as well as all the friends that I've distributed this to, they're all saying that they're sleeping better and a little more deep. So I'm hoping that that's going to be a good a good thing to stick with for now. But the other thing, especially around this time of year, I don't know why. I love it so much is hazelnut chamomile bourbon. Ooh. It is so good, especially like in hot toddies or something. Um, yeah. So it is, it's hazelnut. Like you just get whole hazelnuts mm-hmm. and then you get a little bit of dried chamomile, maybe like a, a teaspoon or two or a tablespoon or two. And then just like a whole thing of bourbon of your choice. And you just throw it all into one big jar or container and you let it sit overnight and then you strain it. And I will tell you right now, it is so fucking good. It's so good. I drank it straight. I would just pop like a little like whiskey block in there make it cold chill it a little Mm -hmm. bit and just drink it straight it is so good add some honey or some simple syrup oh my god oh my god it's so good can i tell you two things the first thing Mm -hmm. i have no idea what a hot toddy is and every single time somebody (gasps) says hot toddy i'm like yeah me too same (laughs) it's it's whiskey with well it's tea with whiskey, not whiskey with tea. I mean, you know, whatever you want, but it's tea with whiskey in it and like lemon. Oh, okay. That sounds nice. Yeah. It's uh, super good. The second good. thing I was going to tell you is I have found with my sleepy teas that have valerian root in it to mm-hmm. kill that nasty fucking taste um, mm-hmm. rose and mint. Rose oh. like neutralizes a lot of the flavor and mint will to mask the the rest of it. They have no extra like sleepy time benefits, but they do help right. with that I think, stank ass flavor. I think the last one, so what happened was I made my friend a sleepy time tea and I didn't remember what I put in it. I just gave it to him and he was like, oh, it worked so well. And I was like, fuck, I didn't write anything down. And um, I'm pretty sure Rose was in there. And I forgot to add, I have, I have passion flower in there as well. Ooh, yes. Yeah. So yes. It, it, like I said, it doesn't taste awful. It's just not like you don't drink it for the taste. You know, you drink it for, for sure, the, yeah. the sleeping it's... benefits. Yeah. Right. But this, this hazelnut um, chamomile bourbon is from the book Witchcraft Cocktails. It's... In a, it's an amazing book. So if you like to drink like I do, then it's it's classy and it's witchy and it's delicious. So I would highly recommend that book. You guys like to drink? Have I got the book for you? Yeah, it, yeah I fucking love this. Oh my gosh. So, Nike, what's not stirring your cauldron this week? <laughs> your sexy, sexy voice is in such contrast to what I'm about to say. I, what's not stirring my cauldron is this fucking cold weather. This is the six months of the year where I am the least happy because my body can't warm itself. I'm very exothermic. I think that's the word. Only putting out heat. Sure, we'll oh, say I don't it. Know. Um, and Do I look like a goddamn so scientist? Really... <laughs> you're right. You're illiterate. I can't. I can't expect you I can't to know even those words. Read, Nike. <laughs> like... 
So I have really shitty circulation. And so my fingers and toes, when they're cold, they can't warm themselves back up. Like I need a heat source to put on them. I can't just like put on socks, wear gloves. No, it's too late, my guy. It's it's too late for me. They're already cold. And so it's six months straight. And even in my own house, I am freezing cold. I can't go anywhere. Can't produce my own heat. And if I have a partner or a cuddle buddy at night, because I put out all of my heat and none of it stays in my body, they're sweating and don't want to cuddle with me because I'm making them too hot while I'm freezing alone in this bed. Please just let me have some of your body heat. Please suffer for five minutes to warm me up. I'm begging you. I need this. (laughs) I'm a summer baby only. It's, it's tummy Nike. time and crop tops. I can't help it. There's nothing to me and I can't do it. You know no what? I know what I'm getting you for Christmas this year. I'm going to get you one of those those fitted bed sheets that has the Bob. blanket warmer in it. Please, please, please. I need it. For just 10 cents a day, you two can support Nike in your area. So literally right so now, cold. and people can see it on, you can see it on streams that I do, or if you have the video versions of the podcast, you can just see me. I have my fuzzy blanket around my shoulders. I'm wearing like three sweaters. I'm, I'm holding a cat, which is helping to warm my body. Like I'm freezing. See, oh I'm the same way but i thrive in the cold i like fuck the heat i get so pissed off when i'm like when i'm too hot and i'm sweaty and i just i fucking hate that shit i would rather roll around in the snow for the rest of my life than neutral in this conversation because the summer heat makes me want to die snow for i don't even look at me okay too cold but a nice like balmy 45 50 love that i want to be cold cool right but not cold if i'm cold that's it i'm done like i'm freezing i just don't want to be there but if i'm hot i don't want to i want to take off all my clothes i want to lay in a bath of ice and just pass away (laughs) oh my god see i would i i don't mind being like kind of warm but I would so much rather be cold because it's so much easier to warm up than it is to cool down. True, You can That's only take true. off so many layers. And then also it's apparently illegal to walk around butt ass naked. So it's like, what, what do you want me to do? But I can't warm up. That's the problem. Like you say, you can put on more clothes. It doesn't matter how many clothes I'm wearing. I don't warm up. If the heat's gone, it's gone. I need to put my hands in a fire. Oh, I see. You ha- you just like once the heat is released, you have to like take it from some other source. Yes, I do. You're a, you're a heat leech. I am. <laughs> like, okay, you know the psychic vampires? I'm a heat vampire. <laughs> oh my god, you're a I heat claim. leech. I claim. I claim. I claim, yeah, I claim this energy. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> We're gonna get you one of those jackets that have like the little battery Please. pack in them to warm you up. Electric warmers. <laughs> oh my god. We got my dad one of those for his photography because he takes nighttime <clears throat> photos and he does them primarily in the winter time. So it's like mm. you know, five degrees outside. So we got him one of those little jackets that has like a heating system inside of it, and he really likes it. So maybe that's what you need, Nike. You need it. Please let me have it. I'll send you some links. (laughs) 
If you've just joined us, every single week we talk about creators, shops, photographers, books, art, etc. that we are loving. And these are things that we have organically found on our own and are choosing to share them because we think you guys might enjoy it. So that being said, because I feel like, I don't even have to, I don't feel like, I know every goddamn episode I have to say, stop sending us shit to promote on here and asking us for money for it. It's crazy. Stop it. No, <laughs> these are organic finds and we would appreciate it if after two years it finally stopped. I know it won't. I know that they don't listen to this, but I'm saying it anyway. So that being said, <laughs> Nike, who are you loving right now? I have two. So the first one is uh, Julianne Doodles on YouTube. I think she has an Instagram as well, but I found her on YouTube. Her content is uh, bullet journaling and her illustrations are really cute. And I just think her personality is really, really fun. And when I found her, I was like, sure, you know, without looking, surely, 100K, easily, six digits, has to be, she's a 20K. So wow. I think she deserves more love. Her stuff is so fun and so whimsical. And the other one that I'm loving is, um, and I don't know how to pronounce this name correctly. I'm going to spell it and then maybe try to say it. It's G-U-A-N underscore art. So A-R-T. I think it's Guan. I could be wrong. Uh, they do these really beautiful, um, not photorealistic, but but fairly realistic looking uh like doodles and paintings of flowers and there's some embroidery stuff and I actually think it's so beautiful it's very much my aesthetic I've I've fallen in love that's so cute what about you Olivia I have three um for it. one of them is the witchcraft cocktails that I mentioned already by Julia Helena Hadas. I don't know if I said that correctly but it is witchcraft cocktails by Julia H wonderful book love her as a person. Um, and then the other two are artists. One, I will not even attempt to completely ruin how I might pronounce his name, but it is Y-O-S-I-E-L-L -L, Lorenzo. He makes this, these like wonderful, incredible art pieces that are all very Victorian type of style. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like cartoony. I don't know how to explain it. You should just <laughs> definitely just look them up. I have um, one of his wood carving prints. It's of this like witchy woman who kind of has the same haircut as me. So I'm just deciding it's me um, <laughs> drinking tea with a skeleton. And it says, I drink tea with the dead because the living gossip too much. And that's just I don't know. I love that. It's very my aesthetic. And then the other artist, she is on uh, Instagram at E period T period S O Y. She's a Filipino artist that does a lot of like gorgeous Filipino um, folklore type of art. And it's just so, so gorgeous. It's just cool. I just love it. So both of those are wonderful. Those are mine. I love that. Well, I only have one this week and mine is by a TikToker, but they're also like a, they have an Instagram too, but I found them on TikTok. So that's what we're talking about <laughs> um, called Millie's Pottery. And they do these like pinch pot teacups, but each one has like a little character at the bottom of the cup. Um, I found them over like right around Halloween and they had a bunch of ones that had like little ghouls at the bottom of it, um, which is so freaking cute. And they have one specifically that I'm pretty regretful I didn't get, <laughs> which has a little axolotl at the bottom. 
so freaking cute i'm absolutely obsessed uh yeah i think everybody should have a little friend at the bottom of their cup Thank you again all so much for listening to us this week. And again, please send Maria a bunch of well wishes, wishes even, because speaking is super easy. (laughs) And we hope that we will see you on December 10th for our 22nd episode. Maria will be back for that. Uh, Or you can try to catch us on the in-betweens with the Coffee Talk episodes. I don't believe there's going to be one between this one and the next episode, but there might be. We'll see. You can keep an eye out on our Instagrams, our Twitter, or our Facebook. You can find all of these if you go to coffeeandcauldrons.com for more information. Or even better, you can join us on our Discord tier, which is first coven on Patreon, so we can answer your questions next time in the part two. And if you're loving the Coffee and, Ca- Coffee and Cauldrons podcast, please take a moment to review us on Apple Podcasts. It sincerely helps a lot and gets us seen by more people, so we really appreciate it. And if you join the Patreon, you would even get to hear our lovely voices for an additional 30-minute episode for being on the Patreon tiers casting and up. So again, this is Coffee and Cauldrons. I'm Robin from Out of Tired Witch on Instagram. I'm Olivia from The Witch of Wonderlust on Instagram and on YouTube. And I'm Nike from Warrior Witch Nike on Instagram and YouTube. All right, you guys ready to count down? <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> okay. One. One. Two. 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 <laughs>